Putty out on a rainy day with the playoffs. I was telling what, no way we're going to get any guys out, number one, because the playoffs are on. And so we got to do this. This is important. Somebody keep that thing up and keep me up to date on the score. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it's on. That's why I brought my tablet. There's not really notes on there. I'm just watching the game. So anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, good to have you with us. Up with this. Where we're going to be doing this is, of course, growth group night number one here in the sanctuary. And uh, we're, we're covering with all your heart. Now, there's a book that's associated with this. And I'll tell you how we're going to kind of use the book. So tonight is going to be pretty hard out of the book. It's kind of the introduction and where we're going. A lot of the information, not all, but a lot of the information you have on your notes came straight from the book. Uh, some of the other chapters we're going to cover, uh, I'll probably make it a little more of a sermon and do a little more my stuff, but same principles, if that makes sense. Uh, so same truths, but probably more, probably more like a sermon type. Uh, but the book will help you tremendously. I've been asked several times uh, by several folks, should, do we need to buy the book? Of course, that's your call. Uh, I would encourage it. It's a very good book, very good read, a lot of more information than we could ever cover in six weeks, obviously, in the book. So that uh, would be a great supplement. Uh, you will get the same principles regardless. Now, tonight I do have the handout for you where the, we're praying that uh, starting next week we'll actually be able to use a screen and have some folks, but we got to recruit somebody to run it. So that's the, that's the tough thing there. So uh, we'll be working on that uh, over the next week, hopefully get that recruited. Uh, pastor gave me the, I got, a, I got the software downloaded on my machine. I'm ready to make them so he doesn't have to worry with all that. And, and now we just got to get somebody to run it next week if that works out. If it doesn't, I'll do notes again, and uh, it'll be fine. And if any of you end up saying, you know, I really love the notes, somebody said that, regardless if it was on the screen, I'd love to have a copy of the notes. Obviously, I'm putting it together for me, so I'm happy to give you my notes, and, and we, can, we can work that out as well. All right, well, let's do this before we get started. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to, to bless not only tonight, but the nights to come, and, and uh, I think this is going to be a, a great study, a study that will help us all tremendously in our Christian walk, including me, and, and I'm excited to get right into it. Let's, let's do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we sure do love you tonight. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, to, to assemble together here in this church, Lord, to, tonight to open your word, to see truth. And, and Lord, start to learn what does it mean to love you with all of our heart. Uh, Lord, just a, a simple statement, but such a, such a complex statement on top of that, too. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd, that you'd help us, Lord, to, not only tonight again, but the nights to come to learn uh, what that means. And, and how we can be better servants, better Christians, and most importantly, fulfill the greatest commandment in all the scriptures, to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We love you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Turn with me. Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew chapter number 23. It'll be our, our primary verse and our kickoff verse, but uh, you probably know it well. But uh, as you're turning there, Matthew chapter 23 tonight, uh, we're going to look at Jesus here answering some questions, and he's answered some questions from uh, really the Pharisees, and, and as normal, they're trying to trip him up, but uh, the, they come to him in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37, and if you're there, give me an amen, so I know you're in the, in the neighborhood. Did I say Matthew 23? Sorry about that. Matthew 22 and verse number 37, and they asked that question up in verse 36, said this, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Again, I know you're a Sunday night crowd, you, brought, you know these verses. But, and Jesus answered or said unto him, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mark recorded the same question and answer. Listen to Mark 12 and verse 30 says this. And Jesus answered and said, And thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Luke recorded it this way. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. You notice one thing that all three gospel accounts here had in common. Every single one of them answered Jesus saying this, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy heart. What does that mean? You ever think about that? What does it mean to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart? What does that really mean? Now, before we could even answer that question, you know, we got to start with understanding what does the word heart even mean? If we're going to love him with all our heart, then, well, then what does, especially in Scripture, what does it mean? Is it the physical organ that pumps blood through our body, right? <laughs> Is it uh, our mind? Is it our soul? Is it something else? Is it all these things combined or maybe even more? That's what we're going to kind of focus in on over the next six weeks is learning not only what our heart is, that's tonight, but then learning how to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. We're going to go to Scripture. We're going to have tons and tons of verses, and we're going to pull out of it because that's what you want to do. Let me just throw that out free for you tonight. You always pull out of Scripture, amen? Don't read into it what you want it to say. Pull out what it means, and we'll find out how we can fulfill the greatest commandment in all the law. Does that sound good? All right, so to get started tonight, let's talk about the word heart. And, and we're going to do our best to use Scripture to help us understand it. Uh, it's an interesting word, really, if you think about it. Even secularly, the word heart is hard to define. It's one of those words, if I ask you, if I went around the room and asked everybody in here to write down your definition, you'd probably all give us a different definition. Yet, we could talk about heart, and everybody would understand exactly what we were saying. Think about all the different ways it's used. A lot of this was in the book. I thought this was tremendous examples. Uh, if you have a change of heart, what does that mean usually? You have a change of heart, you changed your what? Mind. You changed your mind. Well, see, we understand that. What if uh, you say she gave me my heart or her heart? That means she's what? In love with you, right? <laughs> or how about she broke my heart? That means she probably ain't in love with you anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, what, what if she says your, your what if you say hear somebody say this? Well, your heart was in the right place. We all kind of understand what all these things mean, don't we? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, you messed up, but guess you meant well, right? That's kind of the way we think of it. How about when you somebody says you spoke or you're speaking from the bottom of your heart? Kind of means you really mean what you're saying. We all understand. Listen, listen to all the different ways we use heart here. Even in our secular world. But we all kind of understand it, but could you define it? Doesn't it make defining it pretty hard when we think about that? How about when our children say, I cross my heart. <laughs> it means they're trying to tell the truth. I don't know if they always are, but they're trying to, right? <laughs> I mean, think of all the other ways we use it. Sometimes we don't have the heart to tell somebody something, right? We use all these different ways. Of, uh, if you take it to heart, I mean, it means you're listening and you're paying attention well. If we know it by heart, that means we remember well. If you have a heart of gold, gold that means you're, you're really kind, right? Uh, if you have no heart, then you're, you're just a mean, you're big old meanie. That's what you are, amen? <laughs> if you lost heart, what'd you do? You gave up, right? 
uh, you kind of quit is the idea. If someone showed heart, uh, then they didn't give up. That's kind of the idea. Uh, when you wear your heart on your sleeve, what we usually mean by that? Just transparent, right? And uh, put your whole heart into it. You gave it all you had, right? Uh, it went on to say, and I like this from the book, it said, the lion-hearted are courageous while the chicken-hearted are spineless. <laughs> sometimes we're cold-hearted, sometimes we're light-hearted, sometimes we're half-hearted, and sometimes we're whole-hearted. And sometimes we're hard-hearted, sometimes we're cowardly, faint-hearted. And everybody that's important to you is dear to your heart. Everything important to you is secured in your heart. And any time somebody messes up, it's okay as long as they say, well, bless their heart, right? And especially if you're from the South. <laughs> but what does heart mean in Scripture? Y'all understood every one of those things we just looked at. I thought the book did a great job with that. So I used a lot of those. And, but what does the heart mean in Scripture? When Jesus said... Asked, what is the, was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. What was he talking about? I'm going to tell you, if that's the greatest commandment, I think we need to learn that and understand that. So tonight, that's what we're going to pay attention to. We're going to dig into Scripture, and we're going to find out what in the world heart means according to the Bible to the best we can. So, so let's dig into it. And before we get there, I gave you a couple thoughts there. Why, why study the heart? Why study the heart in Scripture? Again, I mentioned this earlier. A lot of tonight's that straight is very coinciding with the book. Not every week will be, but this week I thought it was a great kickoff the way the book got it started. So, uh, well, heart is the most used word in Scripture. Did y'all know that? Over a thousand times it appears in Scripture. Heart used over a thousand times, and it's usually used in the Bible to describe kind of your inner self. It's it's kind of used as a spotlight on, on you and, and, and its crucial role. Uh, let's look at some verses there, and you, you should have all these in your notes to help you follow along. But uh, the heart, it, it speaks many times in how it's used in the Bible to, as a treasure for how you speak. Look, look at Matthew 6, 21. For where your heart or where your treasure is, there will your what be also. There will your heart be also. So where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the heart and how it deals with what you treasure and the things you speak. Look at Luke 6 and verse 45. The Bible says, A good man, now the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, now the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Hey, what's in there usually will come out from time to time, won't it? That's sometimes, sometimes we don't like that, do we? <laughs> sometimes I don't like what flies out of there when I get shaken. There's, a, there's an old story, right? Whatever's in the cup, guess what? You hit the cup, it's going to spill out. Sometimes when we run into something in life, things spill out that we wish weren't in there. Uh, so uh, the heart tells us what we treasure. It tells us how we're going to speak. Uh, and that's how it's used in Scripture. It's also used to describe our inner beauty in Scripture, uh, the beauty in the heart. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4 says this, Let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Uh, so, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, that inner beauty. Listen, I'd tell you what, you ever, you ever met somebody and you just thought to yourself, they have such a beautiful heart. Uh, I know you've met people like that. I, I think about... My grandma, I don't know I'm selfish, but, or maybe a little biased, but my grandmother and my mom, just two of the, the folks that have the greatest hearts of people I've ever met. 
You see, just their countenance, everything about them, the heart and beauty and scripture attest to that some. How about the heart and repentance? Man, repentance. The Bible speaks of the heart having a part of that. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 10 is, Thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law. And if thou turn, that's repentance, unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul. And so the heart has, the scripture uses also describe it's part of the process of, of repentance has a part in that. First Samuel 7 verse 3, I don't know if I gave you that one or not, but and Samuel spoke unto all the house of Israel saying, if you do return unto the Lord in all your hearts, or with all your hearts, sorry, and put away those strange gods, and he goes on to say, and uh, prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver thee out of the hand of the Philistines. Jeremiah 24, verse 7 says, And I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. That returning, that returning, that, that idea of repentance. Heart has a, a matter of that. Our heart's a part of that in Scripture. So think about all these ways the heart is used in Scripture. That's what we're trying to dig down into. We're working towards trying to find a working definition of heart from Scripture. So we're going to pull out of all these Scriptures and, and hopefully come to a conclusion on that. How about the heart and your faith? The heart and your faith. How do they intercide? Well, the Bible tells us, Proverbs 3 and verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine what? heart, and lean not in thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct uh, your path, or thy path. Trust in, the heart with, or trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not under your own understanding. Trust in him. The heart has a, has a role in, the faith, in your faith. How about the heart and your service? The Bible speaks to that as well. The heart and your service. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse number 12. And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. See a, see a pattern here <laughs> over and over? Uh, your heart and your service. Service comes from the heart. Now that's why sometimes, I'll just throw in some free things every once in a while, but that's why sometimes when we serve, because sometimes we're yes people, and I'll speak from the role of my former role of being a pastor and uh, for many years, and I find a yes person, and I need something done, guess what? I'm like, sure, great, do it. But if you're not serving in that role from the desire of your heart, guess what? That's when you get burnt out and say, oh, i got to go again. When you find a place of servant, service where you're using the, the spiritual gift that God gave you and you're serving out of your heart, you, you never burn out. You can't wait. Pastor asked me, he said, he said, you did the last two series on Sunday nights for me like this and last two rounds, uh, you, you need a break? I said, the one thing I, listen, I'm not very good at much and I'm not very good at this, but one thing I know God called me to do was teach and preach his word. So I, I don't need a break from that, all right? So uh, I, I love doing this. You may not love it, but I love it. <laughs> and so, because uh, uh, so, when you're serving in the place where God has you, Listen, it'll never get old because you're serving from the heart. And so the same thing, find your place of service and heart, your heart in service. First Chronicles 28, verse 9, And thou, Solomon, my son, know that 
Know uh, thou the God, the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. And so that service should come from the heart. How about the heart and your obedience? The scripture says they have something to do with each other. Psalm 119, verse 34, he said, Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law, yea, and I shall observe it with my whole heart. Over and over, everywhere, everywhere and every facet of our being is what we're seeing. The heart has a part in it. So it's a little more than just that organ that pumps blood, isn't it, as we're seeing. How about the heart in your worship? Uh, we know we should worship God with all our heart, right? We say those, those cliches, but again, what does that mean when we start talking about with all our heart, with all our heart? Uh, the heart in worship, Psalm 86, verse 12. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. How about Zephaniah 3 and verse 14? Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The heart and praise and worship, and hey, we should worship him with all of our heart, of course. And again, what does that mean? How about the heart and how it deals with love? That's what the world would usually think of, right? Uh, that heart, it's either that, that physical organ pumping or it's, it's our emotions. It's one of the two. That's kind of the secular way of viewing the heart. But, and it has a part in it. But is it, as we're seeing, the heart's so much more than that. The heart and our love. Deuteronomy 10, 12 again. And now Israel, what doth thou, does the Lord require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to love him and serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And again, our, one of our main kickoff verses there, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Uh, how about the, uh, your daily walk in the heart? Your daily walk. And if you see typos and all that, uh, bunny typo. Yo, yo, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm picking. I should let her look at it. She's very good at grammar. I'm horrible. If word don't tell me. See, when I have a typo, it's usually because it's a real word, and I didn't have that rigged squiggly line under it, so I didn't catch it. <laughs> uh, but the heart and your, your daily walk, does it have something to do with our daily walk? What do you think? The decisions we make every day, the things we say yes to, the things we say no to, the places we go, the, the things we do, the things we say, uh, it certainly does. Isaiah 38, verse 3, and... And said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. Uh, how about the heart in your seeking? The things you seek. What's that have to do with the heart? The things we seek. It ties in tremendously. Hey, if you have a heart that wants to be rich, you seek money, right? If you have a heart that, whatever you're seeking, it's because it started first in your heart. And Scripture tells us that. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29, But from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, and thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then, of course, most important, where we started off in the first place, where um, we're to love him with all our heart. So we think about the heart and how it's used and how often it's used. Why should we study this? Why, why should we have the study? Well, it's the most used word in Scripture. Look at all those, just those few that we looked at. I say all those, but it's over a thousand. We certainly didn't look at a thousand, did we? Some of you are saying, well, we did 999, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's the most often used word in Scripture. But it's also this. It's sometimes the most misused word 
that's why we want to cover it as well. Not only does Scripture attest to it so many times, that makes it worth studying, but it's also one of the most misused words. And one of the biggest issues in understanding of the heart derives from the kind of the polar opposite way. The world looks at it versus how the Bible looks at it. Again, the world refers to people's emotions. The Bible, as we're starting to see, affects the whole person. I mean, look at all those areas we just looked at that the heart deals with. It's like the entirety of us all. And, and, uh, and it really deals with our capacity, if you would, to think. And uh, So the, heart, the world's use of the word heart has kind of infiltrated, quite honestly, the church, the mindsets to the point that may, most things in churches today are based off emotions, uh, irregardless of truth and doctrine. You ever heard somebody say this? How can I deny how I feel? You ever think about that? I feel that in my heart. How can I deny my own heart? It's got to be true if that's the way I feel. Do you know our heart is not kept in check? And if our heart doesn't line up with Scripture, and, is a, and if we're not filled with the Spirit and walking with the Lord and all these things, our heart is one of the, can be one of the most deceitful things in us. In fact, Jeremiah warned us, hey, it's, 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 it's deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked, he said. Who can know it? Y'all remember that verse? Think about that. I want you to think just for just one moment about that. Deceitful among all, above all things. How many believe scriptures? If our heart is deceitful above all things, and that's what scripture says, that means it's even more deceitful than Satan himself. Doesn't it? Did you ever think about it that way? Maybe it's not a great idea always to say, follow your heart, is it? Hmm. Now, it is a great idea if your heart is following the Lord. If you're loving the Lord with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy strength, as we're going to learn, hopefully, or put together what that really entails and means before we're done with these six weeks, then maybe it's okay to follow your heart then. But we've got to be really careful because that heart the most deceitful thing we have. And, but so many times today, if we get really honest, we make decisions based off of emotion, don't we? Hey, I'm, I'm there too, right? This is how I feel, what I think, by golly. Mm. <laughs> Talk to the hand, right, or whatever, uh, as they do in today's society. And, uh, better make sure the heart's right. Because when the heart's right, guess what? We're going to be right with God. When it's wrong, we're going to be off. And so, so... So, so many people live, even Christians now, live by that principle because the secular definitions have infiltrated you know, in place of what the Bible says. The Bible certainly doesn't approve that. And then lastly, we want to look and study the heart because it is the best word for all that we're going to be talking about. You know, why, why is it translated as the word heart? I mean, God gave us a bunch of other good words too, like soul and spirit and conscience, Right? They're all very, very, very similar. But why do you choose heart? Because uh, I think the heart's a little bigger than all those. It's a little, as we saw, how many different ways it's used and how much containing it has. It's, it's more complex, more diverse in meaning. So it's a good word. So, so some reasons we're, we're going to study this. So, so what is the word heart in Scripture then? As we start to actually get to some nuts and bolts. What, what is it? Whenever you read it, you should first try to... Think of it this way. It is our complete unity is kind of the best way to say it. Our, the unity of our whole inner nature. Uh, some of the, def, the ideas of the definition I wrote, the heart indicates all the facilities of man's spiritual life, and it's the one principle of our moral uh, operations. 
It's the one we drive by ultimately. For out of the heart come the what? Issues of life, the Bible tells us. All those things, those things that defile us proceed out of the what? Heart. So many times it's always there. Other ways to look at it, it's the hidden control center in every person. It's the one that's controlling what you do. You said, I thought that was my mind. Uh, well, as we're going to see over and over when the Bible talks about heart, it's all those things, but one of the big components of it is that very thing there, is our mind. And we're going to see that as we continue on. Think about it. Everything we think, everything we desire, everything we choose, and everything we live out is generated from that one control source. We always point here, right? That heart. That heart. It's governed from that central point. So think about it this way. Scripture really teaches this principle. It speaks of kind of the heart as being a, a trinity of, uh, of spiritual functions. The mind, the desires, and the will are all controlled by the heart. So start thinking about this for a moment. When Jesus says, hey, the greatest commandment I have for you is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That means, listen, we're to love him with all our mind. Just a quick definition. We're going to expand on this as we continue. But with all of our desires and with all our will. It's a whole lot more than just one little slot. So you think about heart. What a great word it is. Maybe another way to look at that is, uh, I gave it to you, I think, on your notes. is uh, it, it includes what we know. The things we know, our knowledge, our thoughts, our intentions, our ideas, our, our meditation, our memory, our imagination. That that's all makes up part of the heart. When we think about the mind, the mind is part of the heart, the way Scripture describes it. It also makes up what we love, the things we want, the things we seek. Remember we saw that when we looked through the verses. The things we yearn for, and yeah, feelings is part of that too, things we feel. And then ultimately it makes up what we choose, whether we're going to resist or submit, what we're going to yield to, who we're going to yield to, and whether we're going to say yes or we're going to say no. All that starts and comes from the heart. No other word in this world, that, uh, or no other word certainly in the Bible, combines all of that, our intellect, our sensibilities, and our will into one word, except heart. So this is a big topic, isn't it? So if we're going to do all that, and we're to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. And that means all of our, everything we know, everything we love, everything we desire, everything we will do, uh, all our intellect, sensibility, and will, I'm going to tell you what, that, that, that makes it pretty, pretty doggone important. So, so let's, working definition. If you look here in your notes, uh, uh, giving you kind of a definition. We talk about heart from this point on through the rest of the lessons, and we're talking about it. Here's the way we're going to kind of define it. The heart is the governing center of a person that reflects the unity of the inner being and the complexity of our inner being. That's, that's wordy, isn't it? <laughs> being composed of mind, desires, and will. Let me put it to you where the rubber meets the road. It's our mind, it's our desires, our will. It's what we know, what we love, and what we choose. What we know, what we love, what we choose. All that makes is the heart. All that's controlled by the heart. All right. So any questions so far? I know we can't ask a lot. We're live streaming, I think, aren't we? Uh, so uh, nobody would hear you if you're asking right now. We'll do that at the end. But, uh, but 
Would you say, would you agree with me? It's, that's a lot. The heart's a big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. It's not just emotions, not just feel. It's a big, it's, it's the essence of who we are. And, uh, so what we're going to start to do tonight, and then where we're going to go you know, the next couple weeks, probably two weeks roughly, maybe one, we'll see. I doubt I can get it all in one, but we're going to look at the mind. Because the very first thing, it's our intellect, right? It's what we know. It's composed of our mind. And so if we're ever going to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, we've got to start with all our mind. So we're going to look. We're going to look at how many of you struggle with that old mind? <laughs> right? Uh, we all do. I certainly do. And, and so we're going to start looking at the mind of the heart. And so I'll give you just a brief overview on that. And, and next week we'll really get hard and deep into that. Like I said, the book is a great resource. Probably the next week or two, uh, I'll probably preach more preachy, some messages on the mind and how to control the mind and all that. But the book will line up with it. It just won't be the exact same, if it makes sense. Same principles, just a little different. So read your book for supplements for that. But, uh, but certainly uh, come because I think God's got some good stuff for us on the mind. But the mind of the heart. Again, according to the Bible, your heart primarily does one thing. It thinks, it thinks, it thinks. And uh, I like the illustration they gave in the book. It said, we don't often think of the heart uh, that way. It's that we tend to think of the tin man and the Wizard of Oz, right? Y'all remember the Wizard of Oz? How many of you have seen the Wizard of Oz? I haven't, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have seen that. My wife always picks on me. Every time she says, you've seen this movie? No, no, no. You know, there are some movies I've seen. But I don't remember anything about them. I know Dorothy and the Wicked Witch or something and Tornado. I remember that much anyway. Uh, so, uh, but in the Wizard of Oz, now I remember the Tin Man. And there was a conversation there he had with the Scarecrow. And the Tin Man said, but after all, brains are, are not the best things in the world. Have you any? Inquired the Scarecrow. The Tin Man said, no, my head is quite empty. But once I had brains and a heart also. Having tried them both, I'd much rather have a heart. Uh, we often tend to, we often side the tin man, right? And we associate heart with feelings only and not thinking. But that often leads us down a dangerous path because we promote the heart many times at the expense of knowledge. All right, now I'm going to step on some toes right here. All right. How many of you heard a Christian say this? Having a love for God in your heart is more important than having knowledge of God in your head. Doesn't that sound so spiritual? Having a love for God in your heart is more important than having knowledge in your head. I probably have said that <laughs> or something similar. We just learned about Bible definition of heart. Our mind and the things we know make up the Bible definition of heart. So that's not a really good statement if we think about that, right? If we don't know anything about him, then, then it's hard to truly, truly love him. And so, so uh, uh, biblically, the heart includes our mind. It includes our intellectual abilities, our thinking, our planning, our ideas, our insight, our meditation, our memories, our imagination, our knowledge, our wisdom, our folly, our ignorance even, and doubts and convictions. And all those are attributed in the Bible to our heart. What modern people would attribute to the head or brain, Scripture usually attributes to the heart. And so, again, the heart's not a primary organ uh, of emotion and intuition. It, it's, it's all of our higher human functions are included in it. And so when we think of the heart, it includes the mind it, and the things that we know. And, when, and I gave you a couple things from the book there I thought were pretty good. The reasoning heart, it talked about that. 
many passages deal with uh, what uh, the, the location of the heart is as a place of reasoning. The heart is a place of reasoning, understanding, and questioning, and doubting. Proverbs 15, verse 14, look, at, look what that, Bible, that verse says. It says, The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. It's our heart that seeketh knowledge. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see, their own, uh, see with their own eyes, and hear with their own ears, and should understand with their minds. Is that what it says? No, it says heart again. And should be converted, and I should heal them. And so the mind, again, that thought process is made up in the heart, and it's where we do our deeper reasoning. Deeper reasoning. Mark chapter 2, verse 6, but there was certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Not in their minds, but in their hearts. That's where we do our deeper thinking, our, our hearts. Luke chapter 24, verse 38, and he said unto them, Why are you troubled, and, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Paul, when he prayed for the church at Ephesus, uh, I love that prayer, by the way, Ephesians chapter 1. This is a great prayer uh, to pray for others as well. He was praying for that church there in Ephesus, and he said he prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you spiritual wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what it is the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And so think about that prayer. And what's he really praying? He's praying ultimately that the Lord would open up their hearts to deeper spiritual understanding and enlightenment. What a great prayer, by the way. I don't know about you, but I probably need that more than I need whatever my physical ailment right now is, right? Isn't that a great prayer to pray for others? If you're ever looking for a prayer from the Bible, just to really pray at a level, because it all starts there. Pray for other people's hearts. That's a, that's a prayer that prays that, that their hearts would be open and they'd have that spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of Him and, and be enlightened. And basically he's praying, hey, open our hearts, Lord, to a deeper understanding, a deeper relationship with you. What a great prayer. If you ever, if you ever think of me and you want to pray, pray that one. I appreciate that one. I can certainly use that. It's also the heart that receives the light of God's Word and the heart can... But the heart also can suffer blindness and confusion. Y'all ever notice that? Deuteronomy 28, verse 28, The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Uh, that heart can get hard and that yeah, heart can uh, sometimes uh, get dirty, if you would. And How many of you ever, ever drove down the road with a dirty? This is a good night to describe it because of the rain, right? Uh, either when the sun's out hot and hard and shining around your windshield, or it's really raining hard, one of the two. What's the thing you see more than anything else that you normally don't see? How dirty your windshield is, right? <laughs> when your windshield's dirty, what's the one thing that doesn't get through very good? Light, right? It just becomes all reflected. Listen, sometimes our hearts, if it gets dirty, we're not getting that understanding that we, that we need from the Lord, and it can, it can suffer us to be confused and suffer some blindness and... Uh, and God's word is the, the light, and it, it'll help, uh, it'll, it'll bring that on. It'll show us, hey, we got some dirty stuff. Let's clean this thing off, and so we can get, we can see and understand it all. Uh, it's also the heart that 
all thoughts come from, both good and evil. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. That's a pretty nasty list, isn't it? Out of the heart comes the bad stuff, too. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart overfloweth and um, uh, comes out, what's in there ends up coming out. And so that heart and the mind of the heart and is kind of what we're looking at. And we're, we're looking at how the heart does the reasoning. Uh, how about this? Uh, God says that through his prophets that the knowledge of God is ultimately in the heart. Jeremiah 24, verse 7. And I will give them a heart to know me and I'm, that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I'll be their God for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Simeon prophesied about Jesus' birth and, and the, the thoughts from many hearts would be revealed. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 35, Yea, a sword shall pierce through my own soul also that the thoughts of my heart may be revealed. It's all contained in there, if you see that. When Jesus confronted the religious leaders for their evil thoughts, where did he say it originated? Those thoughts in their heart. Yeah, you, you got to, you're kind of going to know the answer for the rest of the night, aren't you? <laughs> it all started in their heart. Matthew 9, verse 4, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore, thank ye evil in your hearts. It can't have both, can it? It's a place of reasoning. It could be good, it could be bad. depends on uh, what that reasoning or what, what's going on inside that, that heart and those thoughts. And, and uh, David drew a parallel. Think about it. He said in Psalm 139, verse 23, I love that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. I think it's a great prayer to have for yourself. I was telling you a minute ago, a great prayer to pray for others. Great prayer for yourself. Lord, search me. You know, the hardest person to ever figure out, uh, sometimes we're the, hard, we're the last ones to see our own problems. Uh, I can point out every one of y'all's. Y'all want me to go around the room? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you can point out mine, right? <laughs> That's easy to do. Sometimes it's hard to look in here. Listen, the things we can't see, God can. Let's invite him. Let's give him opportunity to do that very thing. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Because I don't know it, right? Who can know it? And we know it's desperately wicked. But if we invite the Lord to do that thing, then we can start making progress on getting that thing cleaned up and, and getting to the place where we can truly love him with all our heart uh, as he desires us to do the greatest commandment. How about this? His thoughts and heart. The thoughts and hearts are one. It says, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. See how it ties those together again over and over in Scripture. The heart's where our intentions and plans are formed as well. It's not just where our thoughts are, but it's also uh, where our intentions come from. And we make plans. And Genesis 6, 5, right before the, the great flood, Noah's flood, and uh, God was looking down all the wickedness of the world and he says and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his what? Heart was only evil continually. Genesis 8 21 and the Lord smelled a sweet savior and the Lord said in his heart I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done. 
In Hebrews 4, 5, how many of you love, or 4, 12, how many of you love that verse? For the word of God is quick. This is why we got to be in that. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the what? Heart. Listen, inviting the Lord to seek or search your heart, great, wonderful. It's also great to get, also wonderful to get into God's Word because it'll do that too. It's the mirror. It's the, it's the thing that can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we can't figure out our own intentions and our own thoughts and our own, of our own heart, Scripture can do that and the Holy Spirit can do that. And, and, uh, and I'm thankful that He does when we invite Him in and let Him search, it, search us. In Scripture, it's also location. Again, the location of knowledge is usually in the heart. So we see there the, the whole idea as we looked at it was kind of the, the reasoning heart. But next I want you to see this. It, it, the, the, it was just simply, I guess what they call it, the reflecting heart. There you go, the reflecting heart. The, the mind has a habit of returning to what it's learned. You reflect on it over and over and over. God, in fact, commands us to do that very thing in the Scripture. That's what we would call that returning over and over to what you learn. The Bible has a big fancy word for that. Y'all ready for it? Meditation. How many of you ever meditate on things? Meditation means, listen, I, I love having a church that takes notes. And, and I, you know, pastor always has some notes for us and some great quotes. And you, we take notes and you write down, I hope you do. You write down, especially if there's something God pricks your heart with or encourages you with or whatever it is. You write that extra thing down that was just said that really spoke to you. I hope you do that. But listen, we'll be really honest with you. Most Christians then take those notes and just shove them in their Bible and they're in here about 35 different pages and one day you get tired because they keep falling out and you just throw them all away. Right? It's great that you wrote it. And maybe you're smarter than me. Maybe you can remember it because you wrote it. But you want to know what would really help us? Go back through it. By the way, it's what's happening in all the other rooms. I'm not throwing a cheap plug for them. But uh, that this whole idea of the growth groups with the sermon base is to do that very thing. To go back through it. Over, We're meditating on the truths we got. And by the way, one of the great things when you do that is if Bunny and I talk about what we got out of, out of a message one day, she probably got something completely different than I got. You want to know why? Because God had something different for me in that than I had for her. And so the idea of getting together and talking about that is really helpful. But you don't even have to get together and talk about it. If you pull those notes back out and meditate, go back through it one more time. It, I'll promise you this. Many times it will help you more the second time than when you heard it. Uh, I encourage you to do that very thing because God wants us to do that. In fact, he promised he would bless those. You want a guaranteed blessing from the word of God? He'll bless those that meditate. Y'all know that? Psalm chapter 1 and verse number 1. How many of you know that one real well? Uh, we did. That was the core. Psalm 1 is the core of, uh, of uh, Reformers Unanimous. It's their, their core verse and so forth. So we used to quote that thing every single week. But the, sometimes we quote verses, we forget how powerful the truths in the verse are. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor, uh, uh, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. See the, see the whole downward thing? <laughs> they're walking by, or walking in the council of the ungodly, getting bad advice, and next thing you know, they're hanging out with them. Next thing you know, they're sitting with them. 
But he says, blessed is a man that doesn't do those three things not to do. But look at the two things he is going to bless. He goes on to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He goes on to say, a little later it says, and whatsoever he doeth shall what? Prosper. How about that? A promise to prosper if we simply meditate on his word. Not meditate on anything. I'm not talking about transcendental meditation or whatever that stuff is. I'm talking about meditating on the word of God. He promised you'd prosper. You want some, uh, some of that preaching that uh, sometimes those people promise you're going to get this, you're going to get that and all that. I forget they even call that kind of preaching now. But anyway, uh, there's one. What did you say? Name it, claim it. Yeah, you can do all that. Uh, there's one. Meditate on God's word, on the law of the Lord, and delight in it. And he said, everything you do shall prosper. Isn't that great news? There's a promise from the word of God. Meditation. So it's a reflecting heart. We think about, we meditate on his word. We think about his works and what he's done. We think about his character and how he is. And he promised he'd be blessed. Psalm 19 verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 49 verse 3, My mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. The reflecting heart. Reflect on what the Lord has taught you. Reflect on what he's done for you. By the way, that'll lead you to praise him too. That'll help you get out of that negative and, and downward attitude too. It's hard to reflect on what God's done for you and not praise him. So just continue to do that. And by the way, he said when you do that, I'll bless you too. Isn't that great? Uh, he already blessed you once. Then you reflect on what, how he blessed you, and then you get, and then you praise him, and you get blessed again because you're meditating in the first place on the truth of what he already did. That's a good, pretty good God in it huh? to do that over and over. The person who speaks to his heart is a contemplative, strategizing, meditating person whose thoughts are like deep water. Listen to Proverbs twenty verse five: Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw out of it. Uh, I don't know about you, but the more, the more I spend meditating, the more I spend reflecting on Scripture, the more I get out of it. It's definitely deep water. I tell people all the time, listen, I don't know all the Scripture. I certainly don't. I don't understand it all. But the parts I know, I know pretty good. <laughs> because I've meditated on that. I've reflected on them. Pulled from that water. There's some other water I need to get into and get understand better. But, uh, but thank God for that part that I did get. Psalm 64, verse six: The search they search out iniquities. They accomplish a different search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep, deep stuff we can pull out when we're doing that. When we're contemplating, when we're meditating, we become that type of person and have a reflecting heart and. One of the main goals of acquiring a reflective heart is knowledge, but it's also then knowledge brings about what? Wisdom. Wisdom just doesn't come by getting older. You want to know why many times folks that are, have a little more age on them are wiser? It's because they have a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> They've been through some stuff. You want to know, listen, it doesn't even tie to age necessarily though when it comes to God's Word. You want to know who's wise in God's Word? Those that spend time in it. Not just reading it but reflecting on it, meditating on it, and letting, letting God bring that back 
and he'll bring it back. How many of you ever had God just bring something back that you didn't even know you knew? There's some, there's some times I get asked questions and, and I forgot, I've, I've forgotten I even knew that verse. And I needed it right then to help answer that question. God just gave it to me. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? You don't want to know why? Because it was in there. And so if it's in there and, and you got it in there to stay, it'll come out when you need it. And that's, that's, that's God's taking knowledge and, and then allowing you to apply and obtain wisdom from it. Then finally, the remembering heart. So we looked at that. He gives us the reflecting, reflective heart and the remembering heart. The, the hearts where we store up the things we come to know about God. Uh, when it comes to details and think about the, the extraordinary circumstances around the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, but Mary kept all these things, uh, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept them there in the heart. When Daniel got wisdom for the interpretation of dreams and so forth, the, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, here unto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, and he goes on to say, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. He just kept it. It stays there. It's where it stays. And of course, you, we all know this one, right? Psalm 119. I think I typoed that. It says 199. Y'all probably won't find that one in your Bible, but uh, Psalm 119. <laughs> and verse number, if you do, come see me. We, we need to get rid of your Bible. But uh, <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 11. Uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How many times have you heard that verse? You hid it in your heart, all right? Because it's our mind, it's, it's all that. See, it's more than just, I knew it. It's I reflected on it, I meditated on it, and it's in there, and it's in there to stay. And it's ready to come back when I need it. And so to write something on our hearts, another way the Bible talks about that, writing it on our heart, another way of speaking and knowing something so well that we've committed to memory through meditation. And Proverbs 3, verse 3, let not... Mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around the neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Uh, the whole idea of getting, them, getting it in there. Proverbs 7 verse 3. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3 2. You are epistle written in our hearts. Known and read of men. And you've heard it said I'm sure many times. A Sunday night crowd preacher would say this very thing. You're the only Bible some people will ever read, right? So what are they reading? What are they reading? Well, they're reading the essence of everything you are, which comes from your heart. The things we say, things we do, the things we think, all of it starts here. And so the question then is, what are they reading? What are they reading? If they're the only Bible they've ever read, if we're the epistle, uh, uh, if we're the epistle written in our hearts, that all men know and read, what are they reading, right? And God also promises that he will help us do it. Isn't that good news? You know, he never says we're on our own on all this. He's going to help us. I like in Hebrews 8, 10, it says, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be unto me thy people. And so, uh, you ever notice how we like to record events? We were talking about this yesterday at the... Uh, when I crashed the baby shower, listen, guys, there's a lot of pink if you ever crash a baby shower and, and it's going to be a girl. <laughs> the whole house was pink. There was pink everywhere. And there was nothing but girls there except Baxter, the cat, but he was hiding. I couldn't find him. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I crashed that thing and I came in there and, you know, I, I, asked, I asked Bunny, I said, we get some pictures. 
I don't know about y'all. I mean, some people are great about this, but we went through Christmas, had all of our kids together in one house, in one room, unwrapping presents, all that stuff. We don't have one single picture from Christmas. We didn't get together and stand up against the wall or Christmas tree. We didn't do any of that. I don't have anybody unwrapping anything. It's like Christmas didn't happen this year. I'm, <laughs> until I got the credit card bill, I, I didn't think it did, but I, I know it did now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, many times when important events happen in life, what do we do? We record them. We take videos. We take pictures and all that. That's what God wants to do. He wants, to take, he wants us to record his word in our heart. That's ultimately what he wants. It's interesting if you study that. The book brought this out and it's, it's very true. The word record comes from the word kolar. I don't know how you pronounce that. C-O-L-R. It's a Latin word. It's the Latin word for heart. Hmm. So to record is to place something firmly in our heart so that we can recall it later. Isn't that, isn't that cool to think about? The reasoning, the reflecting, the remembering. So summary tonight. The heart includes and encompasses the mind, all of our cognitive abilities, our reasoning, our meditating, our remembering, and our believing. It does more than that, as we saw with our working definition, but that's where we're going to focus for a little bit. So when we first think about this, when Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. It's that. We need to understand control what we think. Because the mind comes first. And so over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at the mind. Then we'll, get into the, we'll look into our desires and we'll look into our will and things like that because it all makes it up. But, but we'll start digging in on the mind starting next week. So I don't know about you, uh, but if I can get that part right, I can probably get the other stuff right. There's an old principle that I love. It's one of the simplest principles. There's two. You'll get these again. You'll hear these again. But that we'll probably cover them in one of the messages, but it's just simply this. Before I ever done it, I thunk it. Isn't that a good principle? Is that not true to everything in your life? Before you've done it, you thunk it. And if that thunker, I love making up words, it drives her crazy. <laughs> if that thunker is in my heart, all right, and I'm to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, then I better get control of that old thunker, right? <laughs> so we're going to learn to do that in the next couple of weeks. Let's pray. Father, we sure do love you. Thank you for our time together tonight. and Thank you for, Lord, this, uh, the opportunity to have a book like this to read. And, and Lord, I encourage folks to, to read through the book. A lot of tonight's stuff is straight from it. But, Lord, over the next couple of weeks, I encourage them to continue to read. And while we won't be directly in the book, the same truths, the same principles are going to be taught, Lord, because ultimately that's, that's what you commanded us to do. The, the greatest commandment ever is to learn how to love you with all our heart. And Lord, if we're going we're gonna to do that, we got to not only understand what it is, we learned that tonight, but then we got to understand how to get control of all the components that make up our heart. So help us learn that over the next couple of weeks and, and then put it all together, Lord. Uh, we even talk about how to guard it later. And so bless, Lord, this series. Bless our, uh, each and every person here, I pray. Let us get home safely tonight. Give us a great week. Help us learn to meditate and reflect and to, comp to receive that promise of prospering, Lord, because of it. And so we just love you tonight. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that for his death, his burial, his resurrection that makes eternal life possible for whosoever shall call upon his name. Lord, if there's one either online or 
someone in this room who's never trusted you as their Savior, Lord, I got some great news. If they would just turn to Him, if they would repent of their sin, that means change their mind about their sin and put their trust in your death, burial, and resurrection. Call upon your name in saving faith and receive uh, that free gift. They would receive that free gift of eternal life. Lord, it's so simple. Even a child could do it. And my prayer is that everyone have that settled. Then once we have that settled, Lord, help us learn to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. Dismiss us now with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.